1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. It's clear you just need to look around at the headlines and what's happening in the world. Racial division is a prevalent issue in the world, but it's also an issue in the church. And yet God has promised his people a unified future and seeking to provide a path forward. There are two gentlemen, Chuck Mingo and Troy Jackson, who founded Undivided. We're going to be chatting with them here in just a couple of moments. Chuck Mingo is the founder and CEO of Undivided. During a spike of racial tension in America, he heard a calling to be a voice for racial healing, solidarity, and justice, and he helped found an organization called Undivided. And then Troy Jackson is co-founder of Undivided and the chief strategies officer. He's a former senior pastor of University Christian Church in Cincinnati. He loves moving people into action to advance racial justice. And he has spent the last decade doing faith-based community organizing. Good morning to you, Troy and Chuck. Good morning. Morning. Well, it's great to have you both here with us, and uh, and I'm just wondering, Chuck, would you get us started? I'm going to ask you just the basic question. Tell us about your background and the Undivided Organization. Sure. So I grew up in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, and grew up there, um, you know, really steeped in the Black church experience, um, along with other things. And then I moved through work to Cincinnati, Ohio, and I spent 10 years working for Procter & Gamble, so I was in sales and marketing roles when God had a very different calling on my life. And so I left the corporate world and became a pastor at Crossroads Church, where I'm still on the teaching team. Um, And so that was 16 years ago. And then in 2014, I had the privilege of meeting Troy Jackson. And he he and I met at a time when I was really in tension about the growing racial tension in our country. It feels like that's never not the case, sadly. And yet I just felt like the church needed a better and different response. I saw a lot of people avoiding And I also saw in my own heart the conflict of, okay, how do we step into this space? And through the relationship with Troy and a team of people in 2015, we launched Undivided as a ministry at Crossroads Church. And really, that was a six-week journey where we got people into diverse groups. And in those groups, we began to explore, what does God have to say about this? How do we get to where we are? How do you learn to share stories and hold space with people who are different? And then what does it look like for the church to get a sanctified imagination to not just talk about justice, but do the work of justice. And so since 2015, over 10,000 people have experienced Undivided. In 2020, we expanded to a national organization. And we really believe that our, our mission is to unite and ignite people for racial healing and justice, starting in the church and then going beyond the four walls. Wow, that sounds amazing. And so, Troy, I want to come to you to continue this. The vision for Undivided is a flow of racial healing and justice. But what does 
a flow of racial healing look like? Yeah, that's a great question. We really rooted in the idea that the challenges of race are so deep in our history, in our culture, in our lives, sometimes even in our congregations, that we're going to need to partner with God on this. This is healing and justice are going to take partnering with the Holy Spirit. We root a lot of this in Ezekiel 47, this vision of water flowing out of a restored temple in Jerusalem and actually uh, leave uh, trees, uh, fruit trees are, are uh, growing on the sides of the water. Their leaves for healing of the nations. And that water actually goes into the Dead Sea, uh, which is about mm-hmm. as hopeless a space as possible uh, if you want life. And we feel like we can get into despair a lot around race in this country and in the church. And the Bible says the prophet envisions the Dead Sea coming to life mm-hmm. and having fish like the great Mediterranean Sea. We really believe this is a death to life opportunity for the church and for uh, followers of Jesus. Yes, and often we find ourselves undivided and we want to move through that. Uh, and understanding racial justice better sometimes is a path for that. But I wanted to ask you, Chuck, uh, what does that actually look like? And how do you even uh, raise a conversation about this in situations where some people don't believe there is any racial injustice or racism that still exists in America today? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. And I think it's helpful for us as followers of Jesus to root our discussion of justice in the scriptures. So the, the word for justice in the Old Testament, Mishpat, shows up 419 times in the Old Testament alone. Um, you know, Jesus refers to the call to justice in places like Matthew 23, where he's condemning the Pharisees for caring about tithing their mint, dill, and cumin, but neglecting what he calls the weightier matters of the law, righteousness mm. and justice. And so I think it's important for us to understand that when the Bible describes justice, it looks at it as not just individual inequities, but systemic inequities. If you think about what Micah was writing about, prophets like Amos were writing about, they were talking about systemic inequities. So those things exist because we live in a fallen and broken world, and that is still true in our country. Um, Have we made progress since times of, you know, enslaved Africans? Absolutely, we've made progress. And yet there is still a ways for us to go. And so when we talk about justice, we think about what does it look like to cultivate equitable systems where all people flourish? And we believe that's God's heart. We believe that that's what existed in the garden. That's what Jesus is coming to restore. And we want to invite people on a journey of talking about what does it look like in the here and now to have a taste of the kingdom on earth. Mm, okay. Good. Yeah, it's really good. And then, uh, Troy, we'll just ask if you would just continue to talk about that. And what does it actually look like to experience racial reconciliation within the body of Christ here on earth so we can be a picture of what Jesus' love really does look like? Yeah, I I think a lot of what conciliation, reconciliation, solidarity looks like is we're in community together. We talk a lot, and this is not something that we came up with, but boy, aren't the ecosystems deep in our world today, and particularly in this country, with algorithms that basically target messages and make our worlds and communities, while they should be bigger and more universal, and we should be uh, benefiting from what they back in our day called the World Wide Web, the World Wide Web has become my own personal web because of algorithms. And so mm. we, we really think we benefit when we get into relationship, and that means listening well with warmth, empathy, and respect to those who are different than us 
racially, ethnically have different opinions and viewpoints shaped by their lived experiences. Maybe they have seen and maybe they're, they've grown in Jesus in ways we have not yet grown to. How do we really sharpen one another uh, across difference? And boy, does our world need that now. Boy, does our nation need that in divided times like 2024. I think actually people will, uh, will be uh, running to Jesus mm. as they see the church embody unity across difference. Mm, thank you very much for that. I think sometimes we forget that we're thinking, okay, I don't feel anything negative towards these other people or, you know, I, I feel fine. But you're not in community with people who are different than you and who think differently than you do. And that's so important and to be intentional about. And it's also important for us to understand both where we come from as individuals and also what our nation's history is. So what steps do you recommend someone take if they have a little understanding of our nation's past? Uh, Troy? Yeah, I, I think one of the best places to start is local. Learn what the reality is in our own backyard. As we looked at writing the book, uh, Living Undivided, one place I found out about was New Richmond, Ohio, which is about five miles from my home, where Amanda and my wife and I live, which turns out was a stalwart of followers of Jesus in the 1830s, 40s, and 50s, black and white, who were at the forefront of the abolitionist movement to end slavery and the Underground Railroad. There's a rich heritage that we can lean on of those who, in our book we call uh, Remember the Titans, who has gone before that has done this well, that we can stand on their shoulders, and reckoning with the the challenges in our own backyard. We just discovered that a man named Noah Anderson, a black man, was lynched in New Richmond in 1895. So we're doing some work to remember that. Uh, some of the bad things that happen so we can be unified to make sure we don't go down those paths again. So my encouragement is start local. And again, conversations across difference, different experiences, culture and race is so important. Yeah, thank you so much, Troy and Chuck. As we're wrapping up our time here today, we're just scratching the surface of what is available to us to truly unify the body of Christ together under the banner of Christ. And I'm just wondering, as as we close up, if you could just give us just one tidbit of of maybe where we can start today uh, to really start healing some of these wounds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I would encourage anybody who's listening, you know, we wrote this book as an invitation for people to join a community of folks at Undivided who are doing this work together. And so we would love for you to connect with us. You can find us on the web at undivided.us. And we'd love to come alongside you in this journey. And I would say the thing that I always encourage people to do is listen for what God is saying. What is God saying to you as you've listened to this interview, if you've been driving, if you've been processing at your desk, and what might God be inviting you to do next? If you could spend those times with God just asking those two questions, powerful things can happen in your life. And I encourage everyone to do that. 